Well, every time the new year hits, I get a little, I don't know, introspective. I, I like to evaluate. I like to uh, consider where are we at, where have we been, where are we going. And uh, a number of years ago, I preached a whole series uh, on, on kind of the vision for our church. And it's amazing how quick time has passed. I haven't done that in a while. So I thought today I would just take that series and condense it down into one sermon and uh, I titled it Mission Ambition. Uh, there is tremendous value to having vision, a, a vision for what is this year? What, what are we after here? Why are we doing this? What are we longing for? What are we going to strive together for in 2018? What do we want to see happen? And uh, so Mission Ambition, I did a little quiz this morning for my kids. I uh, didn't tell them it was coming, but I asked them, since they're both members of the church, I said, can you guys tell me the mission statement of Good Shepherd Community Church? And, and they got a few points along the way. It was a little rusty on a few things there. But I want to test you now. Okay, so put your bulletin away. I know, I know, I saw you. Yep, you're looking. Okay, now, what is the mission statement of Good Shepherd Community Church? Now, members, this is something that you need to be dialed in on. Yeah, this isn't scripture, but this is vision. This is, this is you. This is your mission as a member of Good Shepherd Community Church. So we are a Christ-centered community committed to glorifying God, teaching His Word and ways, and promoting loving relationships as we make disciples of Jesus Christ. Well, my goodness, we all need to practice this. Okay, now... It's not an accident that we put this front and center on your bulletin every week. We want this to be our heartbeat here, our vision. This is, this is a, a, a sum up of our ambition as a congregation. Uh, so Mission Ambition 2018. What I'd like to do is uh, kind of dovetail this text from Philippians into this uh, refresher course on who we are, what we're about, what are we going for in 2018. So uh, come with me uh, to Philippians chapter, 20, uh, chapter 1, verse 27. I just want to read this and then uh, let it serve to be kind of a jump-off point for us. Only, Paul writes, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent... I may hear of you that, okay? Just stop there, that. What is it that Paul has a vision for this Philippian group of believers? He, he's, he's calling out a vision for them to pursue. And whether he sees it in person or he hears it from someone else, this is what he longs to be true of them. That you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. That's a good vision, isn't it? A good vision for a local church. The three things jump out in that verse that would be true, a, a dream realized in the Philippian believers. Uh, that they would share a settled resolve. That they are standing firm. And not, not chintzy. Not wimpy, not just blown around, but rooted, established, settled, persevering, standing firm. Another thing that jumps out is this distinct unity. 
together with one mind, one spirit, that they're unified in this settled resolve to do what? Well, the shared purpose. To strive side by side for the faith of the gospel. That could be a great sum up for our vision for this year. Right? I mean, that if, if these things were true of us this year, more than last, that we would be more resolved, focused, intentional, more unified, together, all, you know, arm in arm, and dialed in on this purpose, that we would strive side by side together for the faith of the gospel, to see it advance both in our own lives as we are sanctified more fully, more obedient, more delighting in God's goodness and grace, and through us to the lost in this county. That's a vision. So let's go back to our mission statement because some of these elements are on display in who we are. We are a Christ-centered community committed to glorifying God, teaching His Word in ways, and promoting loving relationships as we make disciples of Jesus Christ. So on your sermon notes, you can see that I broke out six different points that I want to build out this morning to uh, just have this ringing in our ears as we take up the work for another year, 2018. First of all, it would call us to look to God's Son. The first descriptor of who we are, who we long to be more, is that we are a Christ-centered community church. That we are a Christ-centered church. And this is a bit of a buzzword these days. I think sometimes uh, John Piper makes hyphenated words awesome, and, and all of a sudden this Christ-centered shows up a lot. Gospel-centered, Christ-centered. And so we don't just want to use it as just a, a throwaway. This is a real intention of the church, not just of the leaders of the church, but of the members of the church. So not just when we gather, but when we scatter, that we would be a people who could be described as Christ-centered. Not only when we gather, but also as we go out from there to the workplace, to the schools, to the neighborhoods and communities, that we would be increasingly known by this. Now, when we gather, uh, it could be said that there would be a lot of centered things to gather around. In fact, I want to give you a list of what some churches, even meeting this morning, might be defined by. Maybe most disappointing would be a man-centered church. So you gather for worship, and it's all about you. Oh, it's great. Come affirm me. Come, preacher, you preach and just affirm me. Tell me how awesome I am. Right? Now, there are guys who sell lots of books and fill very large buildings building a man-centered vision for their church. Some magazine just came up with the, the list of the top 100 evangelical leaders, and I don't know how they defined evangelical because some of those at the very top are the most man-centered, ministry-focused leaders in our nation. But they do it all to just make much of you. Man-centered. That's not who we want to be. Not here. Not good shepherd. Some churches are building-centered. I spent four years in Chicago at Bible school, and 
visited a lot of really awesome old churches. And I love a good old church. I, beautiful buildings. You just walk in and it's incredible. Here's the challenge of a gorgeous old church is it's not really about the building at the end of the day. There's nothing wrong with a beautiful building. It can, in many ways, enhance your worship. You don't want it to be distracting, but we are not to be a building-centered people when we, when we worship. So if I invite my friends, and I, I doubt people are doing that here, but oh, come, this church got the most amazing building. The chairs are just so nice. You just feel so amazing when you sit in this church. That's not what it's about, is it? Knowledge-centered. Is knowledge bad? Absolutely not. No, knowledge is good. We want that. But that's not the end-all of our gathering. That's not the focus of our worship. We want to know more that we might know Him more. That's the goal. Knowledge brings us closer to Christ. Fun-centered. Is it wrong to have fun in church? No. It's great. In fact, we're working on the calendar of events for 2018 and We've got a number of things planned. We want to enjoy one another and have fun relating and, and we're going to go bowling. We're going to do different things. That's great, but that's not the epicenter, right? That shouldn't be around what we gather. Just entertain me, church. I'm here to be entertained. No, that's not the center. Not at Good Shepherd. Tradition-centered church. There are many churches that meet this morning, and the highest revered part of their worship is that they've always done it this way. This is who we are, and this is how we always do it. And some of them have instruments that have existed for a long, long time, and the idea of changing or adding or adjusting is completely out of the question. Why? Because we are tradition-centered. Now, traditions are awesome. They're wonderful. We have a rich history of tradition. And we celebrate this regularly together. But they are not the epicenter of this church. Traditions are only helpful to the degree that they point us to Jesus. You see this? If they do not accomplish that, lose them. We don't need them. Maybe the greatest fear would be to be a pastor-centered church. A pastor-centered church. That, that somehow... The church would gather and think more about the pastor in the pulpit. Oh, when I invite my friends, oh, you've got to come, neighbors, because my, my pastor is awesome. Not the Jesus he preaches. You see, don't ever do that. Don't invite people to, to see me. Invite people to hear me, point them to Jesus. That's what we're doing. That's the goal. I watched a church grow hollow and fall building around a very incredible gifted man who became the center when he said anything didn't really matter if it was in the bible it just mattered that he said it and he thought it there we go they would just take it take the pastor at his word no a christ-centered community that's what we long to be centered on the person and work of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel, friends. That is who we are to be. More this year than last. That's our dream, our driving passion. The person and work of Jesus. 
draw attention to him. It's all about Jesus at the end of the day. He said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Incredible. So many displays of Scripture proving that Jesus is the focal point of all of Scripture. All of Scripture draws our attention to Christ. Incredible. So, point number one, look to God's Son. Point number two, look around. Look around. So look to Christ. Look around to God's people. God's people. We want to be a Christ-centered community church. Uh, Some people, when I first came, uh, offered a suggestion that we're a a community church. that, That means that we're a church in the community, which we are. But that's not how we define ourselves. Or that we're a community church, as in you can come and you can worship here in whatever way you feel free to. And we'll try to cater to every single background and idea of worship. That is not who we are. We're a non-denominational church, not an interdenominational church. We have very clear beliefs. Those are defined in our statement of faith. We gather together from a variety of backgrounds, but we, we don't bring those backgrounds and press them on this church. We come from those backgrounds together to unify as a body, non-denominational. A Christ-centered community. What is a community? Community is a group of people with a shared situation, interest, or belief. In a sense, you could see this in the word itself. It's a, a, a common unity. A community is a people who share a common unity. What is our common unity? At Good Shepherd. A Christ-centered common unity. We are defined by the gospel. We're a group of people who gather together to make much of Jesus Christ and have been changed radically by Him. We gather together. The called out ones. Those who have been called out. Ecclesia is the word. Church, right? Those called out by God to be His people. To, to represent His glory on this earth, in this place. Hmm. You could say it this way, we've been saved individually, but we have not been saved for individuality. It's not Lone Ranger Christianity. We need one another. You remember the sermon that I preached on crutches? And, and the whole point was, when you're not here, we're on crutches. Because you're the leg, right? The body of Christ. We need one another. Both when we gather and also as we scatter to pray for, encourage, and help come alongside one another. Hmm. There is the universal church and the local church. When you are saved by Christ, you are immediately placed into the the redeemed, the, the, the saints. You are made a member of God's congregation global universal that is you are part of the church automatically but then the pattern of the new testament calls us to be an expression of that locally in a place with actual people gathering together in an institution with leaders and members and uh, 
and, and an identifiable congregation. That's why we have church membership. So that we know who is Good Shepherd at the end of the day. Hmm. The local church. Some people say, oh, I love Jesus. I just can't stand the church. I have a buddy from California that invited me to like his blog. And his, it's ironic that he asked me to like it because I'm a pastor of a church. But his blog is called Beyond the Church. And he, his first blog post shredded the church. The church is God's ordained institution. It is his body. It is, it is the, the bride of Christ. It is the expression of God's glory in Whatcom County. And here we gather to do that today. One of many vibrant gospel preaching churches in this county. Pray that there would be more by the end of this year. More points of light shining and reaching and speaking and preaching His glory in Whatcom County. Acts chapter 2 is a, a common place to gather to take our cue from the New Testament church. This is what they did. They devoted, as they gathered, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, God's Word, and to the fellowship, the community of saints, to the breaking of bread, here we have the table, and the prayers. They prayed together. And awe came upon every soul, and, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Again, this is the New Testament church just breaking onto the scene. And the leaders, the apostles, were given these sign wonders to confirm their authority. Not only to speak, but to lead and to, to author Scripture. And all who believed were together, listen to this, they had all things in common unity. They were, they were a community. They were together at all things in common. What a gift. The church of God is. Don't ever settle for this prideful suggestion that you can thrive as a Christian apart from the church. You will starve apart from the church of Jesus Christ. He is the head. The church is filled with sinners. You will be let down by the people in this room. Your pastor is not perfect. He is a sinner too. We gather under one roof and we gather together because we need each other. And we gather together at the foot of the cross every week where we find grace sufficient for our need. So look to God's Son. Look around God's people. Now look up God's glory. Look up God's glory. We are committed to glorifying God. A Christ-centered community committed to glorifying God. The question then begs, what is the glory of God? If you were sitting at lunch with a friend and they said, hey, uh, what is the glory of God? What would you say? How would you answer? Hmm. This is how I would say it. There would be a lot of different ways to, to say it, but I think this gets at the heart of it. The glory of God is the infinite worth of God set on display or made visible or proclaimed. Or announced his infinite worth revealed that's the glory of God so what do the heavens do well they declare 
They reveal. Look, the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky does what? Proclaims. The sky proclaims His handiwork, His glory. Day after day does what? It speaks. It declares. It manifests His glory. Night after night reveals His knowledge. It reveals it. So His people, likewise, are to do the same. We're to take our cue from creation, which obeys the Lord, right? We are similarly to be that which, which proclaims His greatness, His infinite worth, both when we gather in singing, in praying, in preaching, in celebrating, in submitting joyfully to His Word, applying, and then living out and shining all week long in all that we do. What does it mean to glorify God? What does it look like then to do this? To glorify God is to rightly esteem God's all-surpassing value, to attribute to God the honor and praise He is due. It's to see Him for who He is and to treasure Him appropriately. Lord, I want to make much of You. Well, why would I want to do that? Because of how much you are. I want want the world to know your greatness. You are that big. You are that loving. You are that gracious and merciful. You are that good. To rightly esteem or value or point out the all-surpassing value of God. You see this commanded for us in Psalm 29. These are commands to Christians, to believers. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. You see the connection? How much glory is He due? Infinite glory. Because of His infinite greatness and worth. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. That is why we need forever, my friends. We will never, ever be able to finish ascribing to God His greatness and His glory. Oh, friends, when we do this, it's the most satisfying thing. Your soul longs to glorify something. You've been wired by God to praise And you can praise football, but then the Seahawks lose, right? You can praise your success at work, and then you can lose your job. You can praise a lot of things. You can praise a house, a car, a person. But eventually, it's all going to fade. Your soul was created by God to praise that which will always long for more praise. And that is God. His praise will never finish. He's that good. Hmm. That's why I think movies get us, right? Christmas time, a lot of people go to movies. We go to Star Wars. Oh, that was awesome. I enjoyed Star Wars. Why? Because it's big. Did you see how huge that ship was? Yeah, it was amazing. Did you see when they jumped the that? And I don't want to ruin it if you haven't seen it. But that was just awesome. And everything blew up. It was epic. Why? It's big. God is big. My heart jumps in the movie theater 
when I think of how great He is, it should leap to the heavens. Hmm. Whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Everything that you do on every day of the week is commanded by God to be done for His glory. That's no small command, is it? Reminds us what sin is. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. A failure to glorify God is sin. It's sin. It's cosmic treason. One of the greatest sins would be to take from Him glory. Claim it as my own. Oh, may we be a people in 2018, more this year than last, who love to glorify God and His greatness. So look to God's Son. Look around God's people. Look up God's glory. Look down God's Word. God's Word. We're Christ-centered community committed to glorifying God and teaching His Word in ways. Teaching His Word in ways. That's a commitment. As we gather we're committed to teaching His Word and His ways. Hmm. We want to be a people devoted to the Word of God in 2018. You see a lot of posts on Facebook at the beginning of the year about Bible reading plans or recommendations of how God's people can be more consistently in His Word. What's your plan? Have you thought about it this year? More this year than last year. Enjoyed hanging out last night with Christina and, and uh, Casey, and Casey was telling me of his plan. He'd been thinking about it, talking about it. Okay, last year I covered a lot of ground. This year I'm going to just pick five books. I'm going to go deep, study these five books this year. I love that. I love that. Be purposeful to be in the Word more. That's not just something we do when we come together. If the extent of your devotion to God's Word is one sermon a week, you need to grow in your devotion to God's Word. That Bible calls your name every day of the week. This book will either keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. You're either charging toward the Word or sin is making you hide from it. Which would you prefer in 2018? Hmm. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. The, the Word of God is not simply to be read. It's not enough just to read it. it. It's not just a check on the list. It is to be studied. Sit in those lines. Don't just check it off the list, okay, I did my, you know, 10 minutes this morning, now I've got to do the dishes, and now I've got to take out the garbage and check, 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 boom, let's go. No. Dwell within the lines. Listen to the voice of God. My favorite way to think of it is, I'm the steak, this is the marinade, let's get the flavor, right? Let's get in the juices. You're making us all hungry. The whole counsel of God. There is a commitment here that 
We are called by God to delight in, study, and journey through the whole counsel of God. All the Scripture that He has given is, is a gift to us. All Scripture is breathed out by God. And it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man or man and woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You need that this year. You need more of this book. So I, re I recommend as you're coming up with a plan, try to find a way to spend at least a balance of time in the Old and the New Testament. Don't just live in one place. Go new and then go old. Go old and then go new. We try to do that in our preaching. One of the things that has struck me as people have come, some of you have said this, is how much you appreciate that we're, we take seriously all the verses. That we don't just choose our favorite ones and ignore the hard ones. That's who we want to be at this church more and more. It is revelation over speculation. When people come, when people gather to this church, they deserve revelation, not just speculation. It's not me philosophizing up here and telling you what I think is just awesome. It is the Lord addressing us all together. He is the authority in the room. God speaks with clarity and authority. And He does so through His Word. Not just on Sunday morning. But when you sit down with Him and you open up His Word and you listen with your eyes and you hear His voice. Let the Word of Christ Good Shepherd Community Church dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. That's a vision for us this next year. Now, look to God's Son, look around God's people, look up God's glory, look down God's Word. Now look in God's heart. God's heart. We're a Christ-centered community committed to glorifying God, teaching His Word in ways and promoting loving relationships. Does this part of our mission statement strike you? Does it stand out to you as that important that we would name it among these other things? Why is it so important that we promote loving relationships? I go back to the words that many of you have shared uh, are, are reasons why you're here. When you walked in the door... How many of you said this? We just felt so welcome. We felt so embraced and loved. People genuinely were happy to, to say hi and, and to, to encourage us to join in and be a part of things. That is an intentional pursuit, a commitment of God's people to love one another more this year than last. Hmm. To have a love for God's people a love. Think of all the Scripture says about love. Think of the fruits of the Spirit. Think of 1 Corinthians 13. Think of all of the commands of Scripture that call us to love. Think of Jesus. His definitions of love. Think of 1 John. 
If you don't love your brother, you don't love God. Wow. New commandment I give to you. Jesus says that you love one another. That's the brothers, the saints. Love fellow believers. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And then he adds this. This is incredible. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. So what takes place when we gather together in this room has the effect of shouting to the lost. The gospel is true. It's real. These people really do love one another. They're different. They come from different backgrounds. They have different issues, different priorities in this and that and the other. But they're together. They have all things in common. And they love one another. It is, friends, the witness of our love. This evangelism class, as we think about that, one of the things that we've got to have in view is that our love for one another is an evangelistic strategy. When we care for one another, when we serve one another, when we pray for one another, when we forgive one another, even when it's not deserved, we herald the greatness of Christ to the lost. Put on then, Paul writes, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Put on compassionate hearts, good shepherd. Put on kindness. Put on humility. Put on meekness or gentleness. Put on patience this year. Bearing with one another. Just, just to bear with one another. Ah, it's okay. You know what? I'm not going to take offense at that. Be forgiving. As you have been forgiven, so also you must forgive. And then he adds this. Above all, put on love, which binds it all together. The glue of good shepherd is love. Brings us together in perfect harmony. Not, not sameness. Harmony. That assumes difference. It's our differences in unity working together that make a beautiful noise to the glory of God and witness to the lost. of The power of the gospel. Look to God's Son. Look around God's people. Look up God's glory. Look down God's Word. Look in God's heart. Lord, make my heart like Your heart. And then look out. Look out beyond these walls. God's mission. We're a Christ-centered community committed to glorifying God, teaching His Word in ways, and promoting loving relationships as we. We, we want to do these things as we make disciples of Jesus Christ. Not just converts. right? Not, we're not just interested in seeing people converted. We want to see them become fully devoted disciples of Jesus. That is a lifelong work. Right? So yes, we want to reach lost people. We want to see them saved by the gospel. And then we want to see them matured up, raised up to be fruitful followers of Christ. A love for the lost. That is not just the strategy of your pastor or the elders. It must be our heartbeat together. Good shepherd, this is our mission. We share this together. 
It's not just on Sundays as we gather. It is the strategic opportunities that God has given you throughout the week. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you, Good Shepherd Community Church, in Whatcom County and wherever the Lord leads you, will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And then out go the circles like a ripple effect. And Judea and Samaria. And then Bangladesh, right? And Kosovo. And Nepal. And all over the place where Bob Wilson goes. He's all over the map. In Uganda. China. We get to be a part of that. Who would have ever imagined that a little church like Good Shepherd could have a global reach like we have? What a gift from God that is. What a responsibility it is as well. How awesome it is. I encourage you guys to come. Come hear from Kathleen what God is doing through your work and her work in Bangladesh. It's incredible to see God work. There is no greater mission in your life than this. It's the defining mission of our existence. It is, in part, why God keeps us on this earth once we are saved. Otherwise, Lord, take me home, right? Face-to-face would be way better. But for your sake, Lord, for, for, for the sake of the lost, for the sake of the believers, the building up of the body of Christ, remain and work hard. So in 2018, God has placed you sovereignly to be exactly where he wants you to be. Your workplace is his strategic missional placement. It's not random. Some of you are in very dark work environments. We've prayed about this. We've talked. We've we've seen God show up and encourage and strengthen, but it's not easy. The light shines brightest in the darkest room. God has put you there. How can you this year shine His light? That's what the mission entails. Our mission doesn't happen just on Sunday mornings. That's really where we gather again and share the stories of how God has worked this past week and then get energized again to go back out to the mission field. Right? That, it's Monday through Saturday where we're on mission in places that I don't get to go but he's put you. What an awesome thing. Arm in arm, striving together for the work of the gospel. So response this morning, let's just ask as you look over this this list, where are you strong? What do you feel like? I'm doing good on this. I really have grown here. Be encouraged. Keep it up. I see tremendous fruit on display in all kinds of ways in this church. We are experiencing God's blessing, and in large part, that has come through His maturing and working in and through His people. Where can we grow? Where do we need to grow? Where can we gain in our focus and intentionality this year? How can we look to God's Son more consistently? How can we love God's people more deeply and uh, with more resolve and follow through? 
How can we be more committed to glorifying God boldly, unashamed? How can we be more consistent in God's word? Listen, these Bible studies, this Sunday school class, we don't just do these because we always do these. We, these are opportunities for your faith to grow, to, to be equipped, to be more purposeful, a witness. Oh, it's rich. Make, make those opportunities. Take advantage of them. How can we have God's heart for his people more? How can we have God's heart for the lost more? Be used by him in 2018. I'm excited. I'm excited about how God is working here. And we share this together. We're in this together. More than the defining of your week by a job or a, a house or a, a season of life, this defines us, friends. Let's pray for God's help as we go together. Lord, thank you for what you have put before us. Thank you for the incredible journey that last year was, for all the ways that you have uh, shown your, yourself to be a sustaining uh, joy and foundation for us. I thank you for the way that you worked, for the answers to prayer, for the love that we saw on display here, for the witness and the, and the, the bold evangelistic outreach that took place. We pray, Lord, as we consider this, this vision for this year, that you would use us. Lord, we, we want to be faithful. We want to be fruitful. We pray that you would use us to turn this county upside down. That there would be, by the end of this year, more who would be worshiping you and singing your praise, sitting with us as family because of a, a purposed work. We pray that there would be others here who have felt loved in deeper ways than they ever imagined because of the work that you have accomplished in and through your people. At the end of the day, Lord, we draw all of our attention to Jesus Christ. And we thank you. We thank you for saving us, the sinners. We thank you for setting our feet upon the rock and, and then commissioning us to go and tell what you've done in our lives and call the nations to come, repent, and have life. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen.